We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trot and the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. We're starting you off with green room picks this week. We got White Sox, Dave, in Pittsburgh for the Bears and Steelers game. So sitting in his seat today, we have our friend from Adobe Radio, Sirius, all over the place. We have our friend Guns in the building. Guns, how are you, buddy? What's up, fellas? Let's go, let's go. Fresh off tour, feeling uh, terrible. As Kenny, I'm <laughs> sure you can uh, you can relate uh the thing with waking up every day in a different city when you're on the road is uh, I'm always starving because I'm too hungover to eat. And like, you can never fully find, like, then you do sound check and you can only like, you don't have enough time to like go somewhere. So it's like, well, what's right across the venue or whatnot. And usually the food kind of sucks. So uh, I am uh, extremely hungover, extremely hungry and extremely dehydrated but i'm here for you guys let's go let's go sounds everybody about right, man sounds about right <laughs> they had a good experience dante's in the car getting chauffeured around dante how are you buddy i'm good man uh actually i'm not i'm not good it's fucking pitch black at five o'clock oh yeah in chicago because of daylight savings i hate this time of year why Same. is daylight savings still a thing it's miserable man it's so depressing the sun's up for like Six hours a day now. It, oh, it's miserable. Yeah, cool. I, Let's make it cold and dark. Awesome. I, I feel every year though. I feel like this argument happens. It's like, why do we still have it? But guess what? Nothing ever gets done about it though. Arizona ain't <laughs> nope. doing it. Arizona's like, yeah. fuck off. Mad, mad <laughs> respect Arizona, for Arizona. Arizona said we're not doing daylight savings. No, yeah. they haven't. They've never done it. They said, yeah, I mean, they, they haven't they done never, it in a while. Yeah, they yeah. never switched their clocks, so they bounce back between Pacific and Mountain. That's amazing. Well, first yeah. of all, Arizona, it was four crops and shit. Arizona doesn't have anywhere to grow anything. It's all sand. So what's the difference? It's kind of like, why would they do it? But I never thought I'd say this. I'm going to fight Ben Franklin because Ben Franklin was the one who came up with this shit. So that's Yo, why off my list, son. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Fuck you. <laughs> How about you? By the way, that might have been the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. Like, Thank I didn't you know that much. you knew any history. And that was like really good. So yeah, impressive. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a depth of knowledge on most things that don't fucking have any like utility in the world but uh, i digress let's go into our topic this week we're going with and by the way this was a huge hit on twitter we got a lot of people coming at us telling us their favorite shows they've ever been to but the topic this week are what is, what are the best concerts that you've ever been to we're all picking three uh it's kind of a weird time to do this one because i know dante wanted to touch on this he's been writing an amazing blog about it on barstool's website we have to cover the Travis Scott thing before we go anywhere. I'd love to hear Dante's take on it, honestly. It's one of the most wild situations I've ever seen. First off, the, the first thing we do have to say is rest in peace to everyone who lost their lives at this festival. It was the Astro World Festival in Houston. Should have been a, a, a peaceful, great weekend of live music, and it turned out to be a tragedy. And, and I mean, the facts are still coming out, and there's a lot of blame to go around. But Dante, you have more facts than anybody. You've done your research. What did you find? It's just really, really fucked up. And it's somehow getting worse as it goes along. Um, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where I'm in a tough position because I'm tight with a lot of Live Nation people. Mm -hmm. I'm tight with Travis's crew. Like Chase B's a good friend of mine, it's DJ. And I've been to I like I've been last tour, last Astro World tour before. COVID. I went to three of the shows. Um, 
you know, backstage and you know, I was telling my fiance this weekend, you know, she was asking me like, what, like, what the fuck happened? I was like, to be honest with you, I was at some of those shows a couple of years ago and I was like, I can't fucking be down here on the floor. Like we came from backstage before he went on, we were down on the floor near the stage and it was fucking madness, man. These kids are like, they say rage and these kids are yeah. like raging. Does that, is that where, is that where I'm, I'm still trying to find like where the blame would really lie whether it's with like the crowd being it's unruly or storm. not, but it's a perfect storm. I've seen stages come down. I've been on stages that have come down. I've been sued for shit that happened in the crowd that I didn't even see, which was just a, a lady getting pushed against the barricade. Somebody broke their nose. I, we got sued again. I never even saw it happening, but it's like, is it security? Is it the promoter? Is it the the festival, the venue? Like everybody can say like I heart or whatever, because they quote unquote, put it on, but it's like, where does it fall? Like, how did that happen to get overrun like that? I don't know. I, I've been saying this from the perspective of Travis, because Travis does facilitate this air of like, what's fucking rage. Like, let's turn this into a uh, mosh and everything like that. But a lot of people, if you've ever been uh, Kenny, I know you have Dante. I know you have guns. You just got off tour. When you're on stage, you can't see everything. There was like a hundred thousand people there. You can't see everything that's going on. But if you do, there is a responsibility to the performer to say, yo, stop. And I know Travis has done this in the past. He stopped shows and said, well, cut it the fuck out. Here's the thing that you, everything's going to happen right now. It's there's moral responsibilities and there's legal responsibilities. Yes. And that's where it's all going to come down to right now. I think a lot of the blame and same thing, Dante, I have so many homies that are in live nation, et cetera. Uh, it, it's just where does the liability? I'm, there's liability insurance for an artist as well, to a certain extent. So I mean, that, that's all. It was. I, I think when you look at it's one thing about Travis, okay, and like, did he know? Did he not know? I mean, I don't know how he did know some of those things, but did he know to the extent? I'm sure he did know that people obviously died. But on the flip side, though, I think what's heartbreaking, especially, is some of those videos where they're climbing up and screaming at the cameraman to please stop like crying pleading and it's still happening and also you know we're getting more facts and it's like well they were told like was he alerted beforehand that this could be a possible issue and then he kept going on so the text messages are going to be subpoenaed the emails are going to be looked at it's going to be a fucking clusterfuck and it's going to go to the lawyers but dante i want to say this real quick though man because i tweeted you earlier on friday and my about the the merchandise and my same, remember the merchandise, the, all those fans, I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is wild. But I didn't even, like, it looked bad then, but like, obviously, like, it was just like, oh shit, like, people are coming out for Travis. And you even, like, retweeted it or whatnot. We clearly had no idea what was going to happen. But when you put people that have been locked, stuck inside for two years, a Houston-type city mentality, Travis Scott, who's the biggest fucking thing right now, and you know his merch and all the exclusives and limiteds. Insanity. insanity. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is at the end of the day, like, it's a tragedy, and it's always a shame to see the first thing that happens is finger pointing, right? Right away, it's like, whose fault is this? Whose fault is this? But that is what it is. Like, it, there has to be someone held accountable because, like, and these were children. A lot of these people were children. Like That's little the, I mean, yo, Slipknot just fucking played the Coliseum in LA and not a single in, injury. I don't, I don't know. It's like, you know, like I said, I, I don't blame him because I have been sued twice for things I never even saw. But at the same time, the videos that I'm seeing come out of people climbing and telling him to stop and chanting, stop the show, stop the show, all this stuff. I'm kind of like, 
I don't know, man. Because no, I've, I've been to a million shows where they stopped. Can I know? say something? There is one other thing that came out about this festival that's happening, and there was a report that it's happening in England too, is that a security guard was injected with something from a syringe and OD'd. That he shit. Was he, 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 yeah, he, he was dosed. Yeah, he didn't narc it. Yeah, he was knocked on. Yeah, so, so that's oh, the, so I've been getting like a lot of like DMs because I, I I posted this thing on Saturday morning. I woke, I went to bed Friday night and I I couldn't believe what I'd read and heard and you know reports are flying all over the place and eyewitness videos are going up on social media so you don't know what to think. So I woke up early on Saturday morning and kind of tried to weed the nonsense out from what seemed factual and i mean it was like you know they were some reports were claiming you know 11 people died and so whatever i blogged this blog and all these people start hitting me up in the dms and are like hey i was there i just want you to know these people didn't die from being trampled to death or suffocating like people someone was running around injecting people with uh fentanyl I was like, well, who the fuck would say something like that? And more and more messages started coming in like that. And I mean, that's like my absolute nightmare. biggest nightmare in the world. I mean, I won't go out if that starts happening, I won't go in public ever again. But uh yeah, so I didn't I didn't make any I thought it was just a fucked up rumor. And then the police chief acknowledged it yesterday and it's like, Jesus Christ, like what the fuck is wrong with this world, man? Did Dude, they say what? that that actually Seriously. happened? Is that yeah. what yeah, said? Yeah, security guard. Yeah, they had to they had to hit him with Narcan. Right. Well, I guess so the, the, but, but, find but, out but, the toxicology report. Well, we got to say that not everybody. We it's still I'm sure we don't know for sure. We have to say yes. yes. You know what I mean? Like for not I don't know if every single person died that way. But you're exactly right, Dante. If that shit's happening, then like what the fuck is wrong with you? As in, it's as, so guns. You said, man, it's just like a perfect storm right now. Not to say all these other factors didn't play into it. This never would have happened, but it definitely exacerbated it by, I mean, being in the, you know, the event space and the hospitality industry, like we know this has been a problem for over a year now. You can't find labor. If you do, you're scrounging up anybody and everybody you can. And I hate to say it, the position that is seeing it the worst is security. Across the board, mm, at you can't find all sport, you can't find bouncers. You can't find dude, at all sporting yeah. event at all sporting events at all nightclubs at all concerts. I mean, they are literally. I mean, you, you, you like our mothers, our old grandmothers could walk up and be like, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll work," and they would they would give them a shirt, be like, "Here's a two hour like video, watch it on your phone, show up to work next week." Like they're taking anybody and everybody right now, so. I mean, they said they had 300 people there for 50,000 tickets sold. Jesus. Plus, who knows how many tens of thousands broke in through the gates. Uh, a lot, a lot. So, yeah, somebody said between there was between 70 and 100,000 people there. Um, and that that's a whole other thing. Like, there, there's just so many layers to this. It's the police chief is friends with Travis. I mean, he's a local hero. Yeah. He's from Houston. I mean, he, until this, he's done a lot of great for that city. Yes, like, a lot. like you can't totally discount that. So he's not this, he's not this terrible fucking person, this bad guy, but this is a huge, huge mistake. And a lot of people are saying that the police, you know, 
are look, look the other way, turn a blind yes, eye, get exactly, enforced it as much exactly. as you would have because of who exactly. he was. Because what are the odds a tragedy like this would happen? I'm sure right. he's been in so many fucking chaotic situations. What are the odds really that this type of thing happens? They're well, I, very far and few between, but when it does, it's a colossal fuck up across all sectors. Now there's been a and couple. Now, now the spotlight's on it, and he's not even doing. Uh, he's already canceled his next show. So there's you know a, there's been a couple situations like this in music history that I do remember. Uh, there was the Hell's Angels situation with the Rolling Stones back in the '60s, uh, where they lost lives. Who was the concert that people got trampled? Was it Guns N' Roses? I might be thinking. I don't oh, know. It was. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. They, people got trampled. Like this has happened, but like. Woodstock now, 99. Woodstock 99. Yeah. There was so much shit that happened there. But it's just like in the current climate right now where live shows are hanging on by a thread in general. It's hard to get people to come out to shows for one, two. It's hard to keep people safe with the virus. But for something like this to happen, be such a colossal fuck up and such a... a, a, a go, ahead, go ahead, Guns. It's funny you said that. So I played Irving on... Right. Uh, it was Thursday. It was Thursday night. And then Friday... Friday was an off day, but Saturday morning, I went to post the Irving photos to promote our show on Boston on Saturday and had the aerial view at Irving and it was, you know, sold out like 1200, which is whatever. It was sold out for that venue. So it looked fucking insane. Mm -hmm. And I put it up and about 10 minutes later, I kept like reading more about the Travis Scott stuff. I took it down because I didn't want the stigma like, oh shit, this happened there. Like, oh guns, like yeah, what yeah. are you promoting? Even though it was completely safe. Obviously, totally like, different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many shows happen every single night that are completely safe? But I literally deleted the video that was promoting the concert because I was like, the optics on this just look bad of a thousand people going like this at once. And like that, I normally I don't give a fuck about people, but it was just, you're exactly right that the live industry has been absolutely decimated. So us hospitality, et cetera. But the optics at that moment did not look good. I literally did not promote that show with a video because it did not look right. Man, it's crazy. It's there, fucked up. I, I wonder what the trickle down effect for this is. And once again, we just, you know, prayers to everybody who lost their lives, pray, pray, prayers for everybody who got injured and just a total shit show. But Dante, I thought your blog was really well written. I just wanted to say that. Thanks, man. No problem, brother. Wish I mean, wish I didn't have to write it, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just, it's just one of those things as fucked up as it is. It just seems like it was bound to happen the way things are going, the way, you know, I mean, we're paying more and more and more for these ticket prices and Crazy. you're not seeing, like you're not seeing beefed up security or, you know, them putting it into, you know, the guest experience really. It's yep. just, I mean, it's just whose bottom line is it going to? And it's just one of those things where, I think a lot of us would agree, like we'd rather pay an extra 10, 15 bucks on a ticket and know like we don't have to worry about getting fucking stuck with needles inside a theater, inside a show because everyone's going to be padded down at the entrance. We don't have to worry about someone bringing an assault rifle there and mowing people down. You know, like that sense of security. Like, yeah, people aren't pay, supposed to die at concerts. No, exactly. no, me. God damn it. Like it's, it's tragic, and I thought Dante brought up something interesting, too, with the ticket prices and everything. Like, I just got a show offer for us to play earlier last week, and I, I got, like, the forward of, like, what tickets were going to cost, and I looked at it, and I was like, for a show at a club? Dude, that's nuts, that's what they're going to be charging? And that's the bottom line, because it is a Live Nation event, which was I was kind of like, bottom line. And once again, I have a good relationship with Live Nation, so I don't want to say anything bad. It's like this like mafia thing where I'm like, I don't want to speak out of turn in the family, that kind of a thing. But it's also like, 
We got to look at this thing that happened in Houston and figure out what the fuck went on. And the I blame think goes all around, and unfortunately, it's like I said, it's going to go to whoever. Like, there's a lot of money's going to be involved. I'm sure payouts will happen, um, and it's going to go to the lawyers now, and they're going to have to subpoena some stuff to be like, what? Who knew what? Who yep. called for the show? Because then there's reports today earlier that uh, they said that they were going to stop the show, but then they continued. But then they allowed him to do his full set. So did the stage manager not pass the word on? Did he fucking push them off? Did the TM get involved? Like it, all those little things are going to matter. But the bottom line is, at least eight people are dead right now in a fucking concert when we all need concerts now more than ever yeah. before. And I'm, that fucking sucks. That that. I happens. mean, at the end of the day, if iHeart and Golden Voice and all these companies want to be conglomerate fucking concert venues and and own all the venues and own all the radio stations and yo it's kind of your liability you got to make sure this shit is right you know well let's let's talk about happy concerts let's yeah, talk let's about what a transition what let's a talk transition. about let's talk about the greatest shows that we've ever seen I've been dying to have this conversation because I feel like we we talk about so many like me and Kenny always have these show experiences that we've been a part of and things like that. But we rarely talk about the concerts that we've gone to that have really gripped us. And from what I can tell from Twitter, people are very excited to talk about this and I can't fucking wait. Uh, I'm going to start then Kenny, then guns, then Dante we will go in that order uh, for my first one. I'm going to throw up a chalk pick because Dante and me both know this is my favorite artist of all time. But this was a special show. I have reasons for each of these. Uh, Bruce Springsteen at Citizens Bank Park, 2016, Philadelphia. It was the River Anniversary Tour. I picked the show. It's the longest show Bruce Springsteen's ever played his entire career. It was four hours and 15 minutes. It was fucking incredible. I was in the pit. My wife bought tickets for us, and we got golden bracelets, which put us into a raffle to be in the pit. And I went to go check with the guy who was letting us in. He scanned my bracelet, and he said, you're there and pointed directly in front of the stage. I was 10 feet from Bruce Springsteen playing all of my favorite songs. He played deep cuts, fireworks going off, ran by me, stuck my hand out to him. Like it was as a Bruce nerd, the greatest night I could have ever imagined. And my first pick is the Bruce Springsteen 2016 river tour. Woo. Okay. Uh, did, did they leave the lights on for that one? They left the lights on at the end for the encores. The lights were on and Dude, they, so I, so I saw that tour at United Center in Chicago, and it was, it was awesome, but it was so weird because they left the lights, like the house lights. No, they didn't Not do the, that like, stage lights. The house lights were on the whole show. It was, it was so fucking strange, but it, it was still dope. Dante, he but, played the – to start it out, because they played the river and everything, the whole record. Yeah. He played the first two Springsteen albums in – consecutively to start the show. So I heard Kitty's back. I heard everything off greetings. I heard all the jams. It was incredible. I had a list written down of songs I wanted to hear before, and I heard basically everything. It was mind Oh, my God. It was fucking beautiful. But I digress. I'm done with my first pick. Kenny, go with your first pick. This was a tough one, man. I, I wrote down seven, so I'm going to have to just pick Jesus. three off the top. I mean, <laughs> music is music, bro. What do you want me Like, True. this was great. That was great. This was great. Um, but I do have a number one all time, and it was when I got to see Nine Inch Nails headline Rock and Ring Festival in Germany. Germany. In this crazy, like, fucking Nazi field, and it was, like, one in the morning, and I was high as fuck. They had this... <laughs> like million dollar lighting production and Alon Rubin who plays drums for Nine Inch Nails played in AWOL for a little bit. So he got us to be able to go to the front of house oh, lighting yeah. booth. So we were just comfortable 
front of house, best seats in the whole house, best sound in the whole house, and it was a religious fucking experience. And speaking of house lights, never seen an, uh, uh, an intro to a show this hard in my life. House <laughs> lights are on, stage guys are walking around, setting stuff up, moving things around, and the next thing you know, you kind of start to hear the crowd like, pick up energy, pick up energy. <laughs> Trent's just on the middle of fucking center stage walking up to the mic and just starts singing acapella with the house lights on and guys just working behind oh. him. And you're like, that's the heaviest walkout I've ever seen. Dude. No intro music, no lights going down, like just Yo, going out and hammering. That's wild. By the way, Nine Inch Nails was the most listed. I put up the thing, said, what's the best show you've ever seen? Nine Inch Nails got the most votes for best show they've ever seen. Bro, it's, it's really unbelievable. An it's a yeah. fucking experience. Dude, like one of the shit. parts of the song, he has a, like a v old VHS camcorder that he goes and sings into, and then it's portrayed on a video screen behind. Oh, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, anyway. Trent Reznor doesn't, like, strike me as a guy I really want to hang out with because I feel like we would just be looking at pictures of dead animals or something. Yeah. But <laughs> want to arm wrestle you. Is he, like, an unbelievable, un like, unmatched musical talent? Yes. For those that know, they know. But, like, he he's never, like, you know what I mean? For those that understand music, they understand Trent. But still, I could go on the street and even, like, people my age and stuff that, you know, I want to fuck you, like, you know, even that kind of era of people as well. They truly don't understand Nine Inch Nails. But if you fucking know, as Kenny just kind of explained, like, it's a wild experience. And he's gone on to do, like, soundtracks and, and all kinds of, like, music scores as well, Trent has. But, like, that is such a good pick because – it's a it's almost like seeing like pink floyd like you know the whole wall experience you know what i mean and, and the building the bricks etc but like it's fucking wild so yeah. yo my first pick, band my first band's name was option 30 which is trent reznor's first record label that he started big fans no oh. shit damn Sick. all right like guns it. go with your first pick all right so this is so is this like you told me to pick three so is, are we just doing our top one or is this like number three going to number one or am i just choosing one right whatever now? whatever order you want dog all right well i'm gonna go in my mind of what they were number three and this could honestly be any of them up in smoke 2000 let's Ooh. fucking go let's go that was like eminem uh, dr dre snoop dogg like all those guys everybody, right? everybody. literally Mass. warren g ice cube yeah. I mean, it was fucking sick. And at that so point, sick. at that time, I'm like, uh, like middle school esque. So like, it's like you kind of just are being sucked into like what the older brothers and like what culture was. But 2001 with you know Dre and Snoop and like all those you know their collabs and next episode and all that stuff was out at that time. So you knew those songs and that's what they were playing. And of course, those songs still hold up 20 years later. Yeah. And being yeah. young and just being like, you know, sneaking a beer and getting off like drunk like two beers or whatnot. But like just experiencing that was just fucking unbelievable. And Eminem like ends on Slim Shady because that's like that song was gold at that time. TRL era-esque, you know what I mean? Just balling out. And then seeing all the legends. Like when will I see Ice Cube again? Like at that, like yeah. fuck, man. And yeah, Warren C, yeah. RIP, like. Dude, fuck, man. And that's when Dre and Snoop were just about ready to take, I mean, they had already taken over, but that is, I mean, they, that, I mean, that 2001 era was fucking, you know. Hell yeah, dude. Great. That's a banger first pick. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dante, go with your first pick. Man, uh, I got, I got a handful like Kenny. I'm, it's going to be really hard to, we uh, whittle it down, but I'm going to have to go with, Lollapalooza 2007, Daft Punk. Um, it was, yep. I mean, it's like one of the most written about, talked about performance 
performances like of our generation for good reason. It was like an out of body experience. It's like nothing I've ever I've ever seen before, and Watch probably ever will see. Watching two dudes in from France in robot helmets standing on top of a pyramid, just like who would have thought? One hundred and ten dB, baby, base oh right through my, my chest. Boom. Jesus. Um, <laughs> all right, Dante, that's the first. Fuck, that's a dude. great first pick, man. Yeah. Uh, my first or my second pick. Now, excuse me for the band I'm going to mention, but there's a reason why. Kenny, don't throw up. Coldplay. Every teardrop is a waterfall tour. This is like when they started the name of the tour. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Stop. This is banging. So it's in the Wells Fargo center, 20,000 deep and midway through their set, their rig dies. So all they have is an acoustic piano and the mics were still working. So Chris Martin sits in the middle of the stage with a piano and a mic and says, all right, what do you guys want to hear? And people start screaming shit at him. And he goes, all right, uh, I haven't played this song in like 15 years, but this is called Trouble, which is one of my favorite Coldplay songs of the first record. And he played like four songs acapella, or not acapella, but just him and an acoustic piano in a dark arena with everybody had these wristbands that would light up. And it was like seeing someone at a coffee shop, but you're in the middle of an arena. It was It was like... Oh. mind-blowing dude, dude when yeah. production budget is not an issue man there's some amazingly beautiful things that happen but what made it great was the fact that the production went to shit the whole rig died they had to like <laughs> did, it, did it come back did they get it back it did come back but for four songs it was just that's chris dope. martin that's sick, and a piano of all dope. people to do it you and you like to see someone who can actually sing and perform because there's a shit ton of people that if that happened to it would have just been a cluster 100 but what he was even cooler is it forced him to play songs off the first record, which is what I wanted to hear anyway. I wanted to hear, he did like Sparks, which is just like the most beautiful song ever. Like he did the first record, like just acoustic. And it was just, ah oh man, it stays with me to this day. Hair, hair <laughs> my arm standing up. So I know it's Coldplay and I know that's like a hot button topic. Dude, but it- dude their shows, I, I never got it until I went to one. I mean, it is like the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. Their shows. So much confetti, so much fireworks. Like, the production is through the roof. Through the fucking roof. I can't imagine what what they must spend. All I wanted to know, all I ever thought about was, like, I would love to hear Chris Martin sit down at the coffee shop and just play something. Like, would it still blow my mind? But for communally, everyone in in an arena to sit down and say, all right, we'll be quiet. Let's just listen to this. It was startling. It was really a cool moment. So, like, that's my second pick. Kenny, your second pick. Uh, for my second one, like I said, I got this list. I'm just kind of picking one off it. Um, this one was a big religious experience for me was seeing LCD at the Palladium in LA. I had never seen them in person before, been a big fan of the music forever. My buddy PMs for him and he got us up on the balcony and it was like nine people on stage, 35 cents, 12 guitars, two drum kits, not a computer in sight, not a backing track in sight for an electronic fucking Brooklyn band. It was all hand played in time and it was the heaviest fucking thing i had ever seen in my whole life i was floored he's a nut he's a nut job man i heard their their sound checks are like six or seven hours long i believe it yeah 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 because of all the synths and 
like moves everywhere. It's it's fucking and insane. like his voice isn't even the loudest thing, not even close to. No. It's just like the voice is just one of the instruments, and like he's kind of this overweight old guy in a suit, and like just right, like it was, and the drummer's downstage facing sideways, just holding so it gnarly. down. It was, I mean, yeah, it was fucking wow. phenomenal, man. LCD, LCD is the number one band that I've never seen that I need to see. Oh, dude, they're Most. doing they're, so they're doing like twelve shows in December, in. Uh, in Brooklyn, I'm gonna go out for it because you never know like when the hell you're gonna get to see him. I told you that's where I went out to Philly and saw them at the Fillmore. Yep, and it was yep. one of the best fucking shows, dude. You see him in Brooklyn hometown show. I actually had like tickets to go to see him in Brooklyn and I fucking didn't go. And that's just one of those things you kick Idiot. yourself every day. Like, Idiot. Yeah. I, don't, I was literally doing nothing. I was just with my band smoking weed, eating sushi, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it, you know. Yeah. But like. That's what we myself. call a stoner. Yes. Kenny, is your, <laughs> yeah. guy, is your guy still with them, Kenny? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I know. Have, so when they come back, when they come back around, fuck, man. Can uh, I tell you real quick that this, this is a little off topic, but while we're just talking about Kenny making mistakes, the biggest mistake I ever made concert-wise, my manager manages James Ehoff from the Pumpkins. When the Pumpkins came back, they played a show at the Troubadour in L.A., which is like 200-cap room. And I didn't fucking go. And Idiot. it was the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. I am I know. losing respect for you left and right in the last you know five how it minutes. Opened. It was dude. like when your life is at shows. Like no. all I did every day for a decade no. was go to concerts. I know. I, there's no excuse. I, it's, it's my fault. Uh, isn't it Idiot. wild to look back and you're just like, fuck, I missed that. Yeah, man. I would have never missed that again ever. <laughs> uh, all right, guns. Now that we're all disappointed, go with your second pick. Well, we're going to go from LCD to the complete opposite when it comes to uh, music talent and more. Uh, Blink-182. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, it was the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, all right, which later ended up becoming an album. Uh, it was 1999. So this is straight of Enema of the state they're about yeah. to you know all the small things era what's my age again it's like fucking blinking its prime that you'll never be able to see like those songs again it became a live album of course it's the first tour that they did with travis on drums compared oh, wow. to just the old drummer scott yeah. over and over uh -huh. doing the same beat unbelievable i was like 12 years old or whatnot really got me into music into the scene and uh you know just loving music because of pop punk baby emo let's go i'll give it to you i'll give it to you that's a lot mean. man anybody who likes pop punk loves that blink way Two era for sure so can hate on it all right guns great pick i'll give you the blink pick i'll give you that but uh dante give us your second pick uh 2016 july 4th weekend chicago soldier field perfect weather uh, they just reunited uh, Guns N' Roses with Ooh. Alice in Chains opening up, which, Ooh, yeah, I mean, uh -huh. dude, there, I don't know if you've heard them. Obviously, it's not the original. Yeah, uh, Lane. R.I.P. Lane Staley, Staley. But, dude, this guy they have singing for him, I mean, you, you cannot tell the difference. His voice is unbelievable. What a fucking they band, were, dude. What a band. Seriously, they man. were unreal. They were unreal. The stadium was packed for them. Um, like I said, the weather was just unbelievable. Guns put on like a three-hour show. And I had like two and a half. And fireworks like crazy at the end. It was just, it was like a magic. So fucking great. Dude, yeah. would, I, I would just lose my mind to hear Snuff the Rooster. That's all I want to hear. I often watch uh, Alice in Chains like live videos on YouTube. Just 
often. All the unplugged shit? Are you fucking kidding oh. me? Oh man, what's just all high as fuck in his cardigan and shit. What What's crazy about that is Dante got Alice in Chains, uh, t- change Alice in Chains. I got on that tour Lenny Kravitz, who I <laughs> I can't stand Lenny Kravitz, American yeah, baby. I fucking can't stand Lenny Kravitz. That's how American Woman, like or what, like American Bait, whatever the fuck. I can't stand that. American song. Woman, yeah, yeah, it's awful, dude. So overplayed. So he gets the Legends and Alice in Chains, and I get Lenny fucking Kravitz, which is terrible. See, guns. I don't know if you've listened to our conversations about Lenny Kravitz before, but Lenny Kravitz is an orgy guy, and I respect him for it. So uh, there's plenty of other guys that do orgies that I can tell you about <laughs> that you can respect better than Lenny Kravitz. So well, shout out Lenny. Do your thing, brother. Uh, I'll go with my last pick. This was tough because I've been to 18 billion concerts. Uh, But I had to pick one that I was a part of. It was a festival. Just a show that I got to be kind of in the way that Kenny was in telling all these stories. And he's like, oh, yeah, I knew this guy. So I was like side stage or I was at like the the board or something like that. And uh, I think I've told this story before. Firefly Music Festival 2019, I think. And we had played. This was like my first like, holy fuck, pinch me moment, I think. Uh, I was side stage for the Killers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was with my wife and my little brother, and uh, the three of us standing there. The Killers are like my wife's favorite band. I had just played like an hour before, so this was just a stunt moment in a way. But like, just that moment of sharing that moment with those people, and then just. I'm very rarely blown away by seeing live acts, especially people who are from the older band. It's like, holy shit, I can't believe you're still doing it. But it's like a band that's from the 2000s to just grab me by the fucking face and just shake me like that. They were incredible. Brandon Flowers could command an army if he wanted to. It was an out-of-body experience, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. So, I mean, I saw a lot of good shows that weekend. I saw Lil Wayne high off his ass. That was pretty cool. Uh, I saw Kendrick Lamar play three songs, and he just didn't finish his set. saw Eminem. I saw... Ooh, I'm going to throw this as a, a, as a uh, like, 1B to this entire conversation. Same night, I left Eminem's set and walked back, and I caught a 300-person DJ set by Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Oh, Mr. Diamond. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Was an ap- it was me and like 300 dads who took their kid to the festival. Like every- <laughs> everybody was still like at Eminem and just Mike D's at a random corner in this festival, DJ in a set. That's I heard awful. Intergalactic and I was like, is that Beastie Boys? And I looked over and it's Mike D. And I was like, whoa. That's I'm fucked up. Legend. Let's go. Dude, it was Fuck, unbelievable. Man, Beastie so Boys. That- that's my final pick right there. Uh, let's go, Kenny, your final pick. Yo, same same vibe as yours were like best concerts for me isn't necessarily what the band's doing, but just the atmosphere and the circumstance in which it falls. And um, we got to play a couple festivals with fucking Metallica. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played Voodoo Fest, I don't know, 2016, something like that. Metallica was headlining. We played the same stage as them. While we played, Hetfield was watching us, and we were all talking on the side mics like, yo, Hetfield, stage left, Hetfield, stage left. We took pictures with his daughters after, and he's like, he's holding the camera, and he's like, all right, everybody say, AWOL Nation. And we were like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, we got, my wife was there because it was on her birthday, October 29th, Voodoo Fest is always around Halloween. She loves Metallica like I do. We got to be upstairs side stage balcony by ourselves 
Dude, just me and her, saying. and like that, like Hetfield would walk up the catwalk, the ramp, and like turn back towards the drummer. But like at that turn, we you could have slapped him in the fucking face. He was that close. It was unbelievable. One of the oh, craziest man. things I've ever seen in my life. There's nobody else around, just us windmilling and headbanging into Metallica. So good. Uh, Fuck, I mean, man. Go ahead, Guns. Follow that one up. What's your list? <laughs> I know, right? Like I, I, you're killing between LCD and, and now Metallica. Like what the hell now? Um. So I got it. I mean, obviously, discussion so hard because. You know, same as the rest of us, we've seen so, so, so many concerts. And of course, like, yeah, a lot of festivals have been, have been wild and stuff, but like, I didn't want to choose a festival because, uh, you know, a lot of times it's like you're running around, you're in like, you're in grass, you're dirty, you're waiting 30 minutes for a beer, or maybe if you're backstage and stuff, you're missing out. You can never see everybody that you want to do. So I didn't want to pick like a specific festival. I've been on the warp tours, you know, like for summers after summers. So I didn't choose one of those. Um, and then I had a lot of like, uh, you know, most fun concerts might not be my favorite concert because right. a lot of the most fun ones i just don't remember the concerts fully cool. you know what i mean like because yeah. you're with your homies or with your friends and like you're just blacked out but i think probably the best concert i've ever that like or the one that meant the most to me was it was before pandemic um like a year before the pandemic and it was paul mccartney at oh. madison square garden because i had never seen him and it was just him and he played for over three hours and I got tickets literally like stage right, like maybe up like about four rows, less than an hour beforehand. I kept checking, you know, StubHub and everything. And like, you know, they were so, I mean, you're talking thousands upon thousands. And then literally it was like 40 minutes before I was across the street at this bar called Stout. And uh, they just like six tickets just went up. And it was almost like, almost like face value. So it's like, they just got like dropped there at the last second on StubHub. I meet, it just cause I was refreshing, boom, got them. It was literally about four rows up. So much so that, like, you can see he has, like, because he's got so many songs and stuff, you're, you're that close that you see, like, he's got the prompter in case he forgets the words and stuff. Oh, oh my yeah. God. And, 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 like, so you're that close. Like, you see the thing. And, like, you're, it's almost like because it's an elevated stage, you're, you're eye level with him. So you're seeing everything. It was fucking wild. And then fucking here's your boy. We look down. And Springsteen is, like, on the, on the floor, like, stage, like, below us, stage right. Him and Stevie. And they're just looking up, like, you know, jamming out and stuff like that. And Paul and McCartney starts talking and invites both of them on stage. Okay, so it's Stevie, Bruce, and Paul. And they all are giving guitars. Obviously, Paul's got the bass. And they do, uh, Bruce is like, you know, everyone's fucking losing their minds because it's Madison Square Garden, it's Bruce Springsteen, Stephen, and fucking Paul McCartney. And, uh, and they go, Paul's like, you want to play a song? So they do, uh, you know, she was just 17. You know that one? Oh, I saw you standing there. Saw you standing there. Bruce fucks up the words because he's, I don't know if he's hammered or just fucks up the words. So they go through it and Paul looks at him and he's like, he's like, well, that didn't go too great. He goes, you want to do it again? And they say, fuck <laughs> it, let's do it again. And they go through the whole song again, Springsteen, Stevie, <sighs> Paul McCarty. And the reason that was cool is because maybe 15 years ago, I wouldn't have appreciated it. But I'm at that age now where I'm realizing that a lot of the music legends and gods are not going to be here much longer. So if you can take any experience. Like I saw Elton John. I paid a shit ton to see Elton John just so once in my life I could say, like, I saw Elton John. Yeah, Same thing yeah. with, like, I wish Simon and Garfunkel would reunite so I could fucking say I saw them because I never did. Like, you know, Neil Diamond, Petty, I got to see Dylan and stuff. Like, these are the ones, if you're watching this or listening, you have to see the music legends while they're still with us because you don't want to live in regret. And Paul McCartney was, I'll always talk about that experience the rest of my life. It's a fucking right. pick. Epic. Yeah, you know, I think you you might have beat Metallica there. That was awesome for sure. God yeah, damn it, 100%. Guns. Let's go. That was good. I like that one. Holy shit. 
Uh, before we wrap it up, and I have a little like extra thing I want to go into, but Dante, give us your last pick. All right. I'm uh, not sure the year of this. I think it was like 2012, 2013, but uh, Eminem and Jay-Z did a home and home. Oh, yeah. Tour it was like one show at Yankee Stadium and one show at Comerica in Detroit, and they swapped uh, opening. So Eminem opened up in New York, and then Jay-Z opened up in Detroit. I chartered my friends, uh, all my like best friends from college are all from Detroit, like Metro Detroit. Um, so I chartered us a bus. They're huge Eminem fans, obviously. So I chartered us a bus from Chicago to take us up to Detroit for the show. And when I tell you like everybody in rap music at the time came out, I mean, they brought fucking everybody out for that show. So Jay-Z came back out during Eminem set 50 Dre uh, Drake was there. This is before Drake was a mega star, but like they did forever. Um, all the D12 guys, what? I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was fucking bonkers. And again, weather was perfect. Summer in night Detroit. in oh. Michigan. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Oh. Guys, it was Eminem, Eminem had just gotten his mojo back. He got yeah. off of that whole like accent thing and yeah. he finally put out like a good album. Remember the album um, with like Skylar Gray? Yeah, that was uh, Recovery was that album. Recovery. That was, that was the album that came out. So he was like back on his shit and just fucking crush it. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Oh, can I say, show. I'm really glad we had this conversation because this is actually awesome. Yo, we I just, crushed it. Yo, give it up. This, for us, yo. this we was beautiful, man. It, this is, Hell yeah. The green room picks are always fun. Always a good time, dude. Always, a, always a great conversation. It's a great way to start the week. But my last question to you guys before we get out of here was, does anybody have a worse show they've ever seen that jumps out right off the top of their head? Like just one that was Dante. You're shaking your head. Yeah, what was it, dude? So I got I have so many. I gotta. You gotta give me. You gotta give me a minute. Give me. Uh, give me a minute. I have a couple that were like really bad, but oh man, there's so many. I the thing is though, a lot of them are people that we have a possibility of coming on the podcast, and I don't want to ever look back and say like. I said you were the worst show I ever saw. This is crazy. Worst, worst can go a couple different ways because sometimes, like, if it's a tech thing, you're just like, it's almost that awkward kind of worse. Like, yo, this is fucking bad. Sometimes it's out of the band's control and you're just like, eek, like, get me out of here. It's so awkward. But then you can have them when they're like blacked out, hammered, and you're just like, this is really awkward once again. Like, get me Dude, out of here. The sad like, part what are was, they doing? You know, like, one part, so it, yeah. Oh, one of them yeah. for me was actually Tom Petty. And I was a kid. I was probably like 12 and it was Petty and the Almond Brothers. And uh, the first half of the set, Petty was just not right. He was fucked up. And he kept thanking the crowd after every song, but it was like very weird. Thank you. Thank you. Like he was like fucked up. And then towards the end of the set, he sobered up and just gas pedal mashed it. Amazing. The only other one that I can think of, and I always bring this up, but I can't say it. I'm a pussy. I don't want to say it because there's a possibility this person's coming on our podcast soon. And I just don't want to be that guy. Uh, I, <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have a, you brought up Petty and Guns brought up a little while ago, urging people to go see groups that might not be around much longer. I say, I, this is the most like, 
I'm so fucking pissed at myself about this. I'm the same way. I tell all my friends, you know, like the, right before Glenn Fry died, I dragged like mm. five of my friends to see the Eagles because I just knew there was no way all those guys were going to stay along, stay around much longer. So I'm always that guy. And I fucking passed up the chance to see Petty at Wrigley Field oh. like six months before he passed away and because it was downpouring. And I gave my tickets to my sister and my brother-in-law. They went. Everybody that went said it was like epic show in the rain. He played his ass off because he was so pumped that people still came out. It was an all-time show. And I was like, ah, I'll catch him. I'll catch him the next time around. Yeah, nope. <laughs> Tragic, nope. dude. So fucking fun. mad at myself. So the only show, myself. the only show like that for me that I'm sad that I didn't see, I passed up the chance to see the Yeezus tour when with the big fucking crag mountain Floating in the middle stage. of the stage. Which yeah. is like the last really great Kanye tour, and I don't know oh, that we we'll ever yeah, get yeah. one again. Yeah. I passed up tickets in Philly, and I also passed up tickets to drive down to DC, and I never got to see it. I've watched a million tour videos of this just to have been in the room when Kanye was still his like asshole, like performance art person. I will regret that till I die. He, Kenny, he, you also, have- he also set the standard for uh, if you think about it. He set the standard for like almost the floating stages that others have done since that, because that was obviously a, year, a couple of years ago where it, you know, it was so it was minimal production, but it was others have jumped on to that kind of. That's the T. That's the TLOP tour. Really set that up. Yeah, that's the the Life of Pablo tour when he had the floating stage in the middle. Oh, right. Yeah, my yeah. I'm talking about when he had the chicks in like white dresses and Jesus come out on stage and the mountain open up and there was like 12 screens gotcha. and shit. Cool. Kenny, do you have any that you like regret not seeing? Well, yeah, I have that smashing pumpkins at the fucking troubadour LCD at fucking Brooklyn. I, I have lots of that. As far as like bad performances, it's weird. I feel like maybe I've pushed them all out of my brain and I only yeah. remember the good ones. I, I don't remember a lot. I have a lot of bands that were like snooze fest that I fucking Ooh, hated give watching. Give me one. Give me one. Give me one. Strumbrellas. Worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking <laughs> life. Lumineers fucking put me to sleep. I saw, you know what? <laughs> my my friend doesn't play for them anymore, so fuck it. I saw, we were talking about technical issues. I saw Paris, their backing tracks went out, and they just didn't play the show. What? what? Are you fucking out of your mind? Didn't even play the show. What? Couldn't do it without the tracks. Sorry. As a band that refuses Yikes. backing tracks, I find that insulting. Yeah, I love Paris, by the way. So you're killing me, Kenny. But <laughs> yeah, he's such a good friend. But that that's a little rough. That's As so opposed cool. to me being a pussy and saying like I don't want to blow up a relationship, Kenny's like I don't care. No, I don't give a fuck. I mean, look, Lynn's cool. I I had dinner every night with Lynn. We did the Fall Out Boy tour together, and Justin, my buddy, played drums for a long time, and like they're you know they're good homies, yeah. but also like you know. Right. They you know that call, that was fucked call up. Call spade a spade. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah you got to call it out for what it is. It's Get like your ass out there with a fucking like guitar every- and play those fucking songs. Play a song. Play a song like a normal person. Play your goddamn music. Don't worry about the computer going out. That's- They're not there. And you know what? That happened. That is, to be fair to them, I've seen a few bands have that happen. I would say my my worst shows would be Third Eye Blind anytime because (laughs) Jenkins is just a fucking lunatic and gets a Don't make me love him. Don't make me love him. Shouts out Matthew Coma, baby. Let's go. R.I.P. to the goldfish, Stephen Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remembered remembered my awful show, but I've seen a bunch, but my worst one, I don't know if I want to say it, though. Uh, All right. If you say yours, I'll say mine. All right. 
full disclosure, this was a gift to an old girlfriend who was a huge fan. And it was fucking, it was back in college. I had no money. And these tickets were so fucking expensive because she was so hot. It was Kelly Clarkson's first tour <laughs> right, after, right after her album dropped. Dude, no opener. It was at this outside amphitheater outside Chicago. So it took fucking hour to get there, hour to get back. And she went on and played like nine songs and out. Peace out. Dipped? It's all she had. She only had one album. So she yeah. didn't have a lot of material, but she had no opener. She didn't stretch the show out at all. She, it was like a 40-minute show. And I was like, uh, wait, that's it? You're like, what's happening? It was, it, was, it was the biggest kick in the nuts ever. It was like a $125 ticket. It's pretty like awesome. All right. She Dante Kelly Clarkson. Fuck you, Kelly Clarkson. I hate you. No, and I, I, love, I love Kelly Clarkson. Dante, this is the thing. I like the band that I'm going to say, and it's for the same reason for the length of the show. Who you got? It was Angels and Airwaves. And quick one. It was no, it was the opposite. It was an hour and 25 minutes set, and I think they played six songs. Oh, they, they just they were just them. doing these weird interlude things where it would be Tom just playing like a delayed guitar. Like, I'm so fucking artsy. Oh my god, check and out these strings I'm about to hit. You know, this was the first show I ever sold in my entire life. First concert, it was Taking Back Sunday, who's behind you, Guns, yeah, Angels and Airwaves, 30 Seconds to Mars. And cool. a little band called the Subways, who I have fallen in love with since. They're a three-piece trash rock band from, from the UK. And I left that show being like, is it normal for a band to play six songs in over an hour? <laughs> and it was just like, like, it was just Tom, like, feeding back, just doing like the... Like, just like all these, like, effects. A lot of build-ups. A lot of build-ups in Sonic. Very sonically sound. I am by far, in a way, not the biggest fan of Angels and Airwaves, but I will go see every show they ever play because of Alon Rubin. I'll watch him play drums. I'll pay a million dollars to watch him play drums. He's that Wait, he's that good? Oh, dude, he's... He's... There's... So he plays for Nine Inch Nails. He plays for Angels and Airwaves. He's opened for AWOL, his band, The New Regime, a couple tours. He played in AWOL a couple times. I've never felt a pocket like that in my life. He plays open-handed, yeah. which is fucking nuts. Dante, I'm going to send you some Alon Rubin, like Nine Inch Nails videos of him fucking and murder. The New Regime stuff, he does bass, guitar, sing. He did the whole album himself. He's, he's fucking one of the smartest, most gifted musicians that I've Yeah, ever he's like a virtuoso. It's the, the thing is, so maddening. Nice. I love Angels in Airwaves. Do you guys remember the show on MTV called Two-A-Days? It was the, uh, the high school football show where they were following like a... Hoover High. Hoover High. And the whole See soundtrack was... It was Angels and Airwaves, and I fell in love with it. Like, and when I lift weights, I love listening to like the war and shit like that. Like, it makes me want to run through a wall for the Hoover High, whatever the fuck they were called. But, um, yeah. All right. Well, that that's this week's uh, green room picks. On that I wanna, note, I have. A, I, I want to give a big shout out to Guns for filling Dave's seat. Let's give him go. A clap. Let's Woo. go, baby. A gun show with a Z. Uh, boom. Yeah. Go find him on Adobe Radio. Go find him on everywhere. Guns, where are you? Spotify, Fox. Uh, Twitch music, all, everything. Yes, just search the gun show. You'll see me. Uh, appreciate it. You guys fucking rule. Love the pod. Welcome to Adobe Radio. I haven't talked to you guys. Last time I was on, it was before you guys were part of the Adobe fam. Family. Welcome aboard. Kenny, um, doesn't it feel like we've yeah. been on Adobe for like six years and it's been two months? It's yeah. Especially since I've known guns and fish for so fucking long too, yeah. yeah like a decade at least, yeah. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> wild, seriously. Yeah. 
Well, we'll be back. I tell you. We'll be back with another episode later this week. Kenny, anything else for me? Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.